This episode is sponsored by the IoT Job Site, the world's only dedicated space for applying for and advertising IoT vacancies across the world. Register now for job alerts or get in touch via Let's Talk at the IoTJobSite.com. Hello and welcome to the IoT Podcast. I'm your host for today, Brad King Taylor. Today I'm really excited. I don't think we could have had a better participant in the final episode of season two. We're lucky enough to be joined by the blockchain lead from Vodafone, David Palmer. Obviously, before we get into this, whatever platform you're watching or listening on, please subscribe to the channel because it will give you all the relevant information on when the new episodes and the new season is coming. David, great to have you on the the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. How how are things? You okay? Uh, Very good, thank you. Uh, Very exciting times in the UK and uh, indeed the rest of the world for technology. So, yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we off just off camera, we were talking about the the bank holiday next week and and our plans and stuff. So it's nice to have a long weekend mm-hmm. and to celebrate the Queen. I suppose is always nice as well. Um, so let's get straight into it, Look, David. For the for the um, listeners' point of view, can you just give us an overview of your background in IoT uh, up until your current position as as the blockchain lead at Vodafone Business? Sure. So 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 I I started in IoT in two thousand ten. Um, helped to build uh, the Vodafone Global Data Services Platform, otherwise known as GDSP. Uh, it is currently one of the leading uh, blockchain platforms uh, in the world, has been voted so for the last, uh, I think, eight years by Gartner. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've been involved in all aspects of that from uh, sort of design uh, to, uh, uh, to, to sort of front end to billing um, you know, to, to devices, uh, to, so, so, so a bit overall of it. I mean, we started as a very small team, um, but yeah, and, and watched it grow from very few devices to now having a hundred over 150 million uh, connections as of last week. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's mental, isn't it? 150 million, and that's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. Indeed. What, what did you What did you do before you were at Vodafone? Uh, so, so um, I was a consultant in the previous life. But mainly around telco. So I was involved in uh, SDSL, ADSL rollout, satellite broadband, fiber to the premises. Nice. So I, I always tended to get the projects which were sort of cutting edge at the forefront um, of, of things. So I remember rolling out ADSL with BT. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So, so Always been the one to go to for the cutting edge and the initiation I, I, I don't know I, I think I've done something wrong in life <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the way you called it a previous life before yeah you don't normally hear that but well you must be excited about what you're doing which is good so let's set the scene then so where do you think we are at the moment with blockchain and the IOT coverance uh, convergence sorry yeah so, so I think I think we're we're at a good point um, so, so, so as, as you as you intimated there IoT numbers are growing, so the number of devices. Um, I always use the stat 70 billion IoT devices by 2025. I don't know if we'll get there, uh, but I think we'll get to 70 billion devices in the next uh, sort of five to seven years. Um, and and uh, you know, I've also seen sort of forecasts that uh, estimate that the uh, sort of opportunity in terms of economy of things, uh, so in, uh, IoT payments could be as much as 1 trillion by 2034. Um, so, 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 so I think what that's indicating um, is that IoT is growing, right? And it's growing yeah. um, at a massive scale. Um, one of the issues you have with IoT is, um, you know, uh, devices being siloed. So, you know, if, if a company or organization owns devices, 
they don't generally speak to other devices, they can't interact. Um, so, so that's the problem. And the other one is data. Uh, so, you know, I'm hearing stats that as much as 75% of the IoT data, data generated isn't used. Um, that could be because that data has a real time, a near real time value. Uh, and, and, and you need to be able to interoperate with, with another device or another part of the ecosystem to do it. Um, but I, I think on the positive side, IoT is growing, the number of devices are growing, we're connected, it's generating data, and that is a massive opportunity. In terms of blockchain, um, pretty interesting that uh, uh, despite the, the, the past two or three weeks where um, you know, we've seen a massive dip in uh, crypto prices, and uh, yeah. uh, which has, has, has actually followed tech stocks, um, but there's been a massive dip. Uh, there's been the issue with uh, stable coins with UDT, USDT. Um, but uh, in saying that, you know, a th uh, Bitcoin is still um, worth over 500 uh, billion US dollars and it's still in the top 10 global assets. And Ethereum is maybe in the top 20 or 30 global assets. So both of them together are sort of bigger than a lot of the carriers. Um, and and the maturity and adoption has has grown remarkably. So So, so if you... If you look at um, if you look at some stats, I think there's uh, over 80 countries now working on central bank digital digital currencies. Um, I think in terms of uh, crypto, uh, the, the the market is um, the crypto market is three trillion now. I think there's three trillion transactions. Uh, NFTs, uh, there's there's four, over 40 billion locked in DeFi or two is it 240 billion locked in DeFi protocols. And uh, so, so, so the stats are absolutely massive for adoption. And I think that's, uh, th th that's evidence in the fact that my, my, my mother now has a crypto wallet, right? Um, <laughs> so, so, so if you look at it, you've got two big factors. You've got a massively growing uh, IoT uh, uh, sort of market, uh, you know, an ecosystem of devices um, that need to trust each other, that, 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 that will get value from transacting. And then you've got blockchain, which is trust. Uh, you know, which is a trust, which is an enabler for a trusted ecosystem growing massively. And when you put them together, uh, you, you can see that blockchain could provide the trust for devices to be able to open up a new form of economy and, and, and business model. Yeah, and I mean, it's something that we talk about on the podcast all the time. So things are always growing. The numbers are just becoming absolutely crazy um i've just written down a question for you but i'll ask it at the end but i'm keen to to stick with uh with, with the blockchain and the iot conversation for a minute so um i'm intrigued to get a bit more of an understanding on how vodafone are are uh innovating blockchain and iot and what sort of use cases have you have emerged recently yeah so so um really, again really really good question really timely uh, so on the 28th of February, Nick Reed, our CEO, announced um, uh, our digital asset broker platform, uh, which is a platform um, that, that, that uh, converges uh, capabilities in IoT and blockchain. Um, and, and, and we call it an economy of things platform, because what I was getting at before is the Internet of Things, in my view, is about connecting devices and, uh, and producing data, digital twinning, Etc. And, yeah. and that has been very useful in things like supply chain logistics, etc. And, and, and where the data is needed to feed into a company's business model themselves, so they can yeah. get it. We can have cold storage. We can have uh, informed supply chains, etc. But um, you know, it seems that the power of the Internet of Things is where you start introducing interoperability. So this is where devices can speak with other devices. 
this is where devices can sell data real time, yeah. uh, et cetera. And, and the digital asset broker platform uh, uh, that we've uh, developed over the last four years at Vodafone uh, does that. So there's sort of three main components to it. Uh, one of them is uh, a device, IoT device passport. Um, so this is providing an interoperable ID uh, for a device, uh, and that allows every device um, to speak to other devices on our, our decentralized network. Um, and, and that is really important because it opens up the ecosystem and it opens up the near real, near real time uh, transaction for data or services um, that, that, that I mentioned earlier. The other thing we do is provide um, the ability to authenticate and, and find on the device. So um, this is where we're leveraging the sort of telco cryptography that's been developed over years and the scalable. And, and this is where we have a right to play because essentially, um, you know, we, we, we leverage cryptography in the SIM card. So either uh, public-private key uh, uh, cryptography uh, or, uh, or symmetric key uh, cryptography for, for legacy SIMs. But the bottom line is that we allow a device to have a digital signature which is initiated from the device, uh, from the SIM in the device. Um, and, and, and that is important because then you have uh, a, a device that has an identity, which allows it to speak to other devices, but you also have a device that can sign things on behalf of the owner, right? So then you're getting into key enablers for the economy of things. And then you're saying, okay, if you can sign things, how are you gonna transact? So we've also built uh, as part of the solution, a SIM wallet. Uh, so a wallet application that works with the SIM uh, that can basically link into other wallets, other other forms of payment types. And we link that to smart contract technology on the platform. Uh, so you put all of those things together, you have a device with an identity, with a signature uh, that can have a, a transaction automatically uh, executed on the blockchain using a smart contract. Uh, and it has the payment credential on the device to pay for it. Um, so, 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 so that is, that, that, that is in, I think, record time, a description of the Vodafone Digital asset <laughs> <broker>. <laughs> <laughs> it was record time. I don't know where to go now because I've got two questions that have raised. I'm going to go to the one that I wrote down because you've mentioned the word interoperability. But one of the questions I had for you uh, and what you're we're looking at at the moment is I want your thoughts on the interoperability between Apple, Google and Microsoft. Now, the reason I ask that question is because it comes up on a few of the latest podcasts that I've been doing. I'm sceptical. I, I can't see how these big massive egos, if you like, uh, or companies uh, are going to are going to emerge and, uh, and join together on, on the style that you mentioned. So I'm keen to understand your thoughts and yeah, what you it, think it, about it, that. It's a, it's a really good, good question. And I, I suppose we don't know what the outcome of it will be. I mean, what, what I'll say is that you've got a battle, not just in IoT, but in a lot of spaces between what we call Web 2 and Web 3. Uh, so, so Web 2 is mobile. It's where you have one company uh, that will essentially own the ecosystem and the data and monetize the data. Uh, and then Web3 is a decentralized um, sort of uh, heart of, of a techn technological enabler, um, which basically means that um, you know, it, it levels the field, there's free access for, for other players, um, and you don't have the concentration of power and monetization in, in one hand. Um, so, so I think in terms of what you're describing there, it sounds like... Um, like a, a sort of agreement between three parties. I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting the the economic term for it, a cartel, maybe, maybe the term for it, um, to, to sort of look at this. But uh, the approach we're taking is really to have a decentralized core uh, yeah. digital asset broker. So, so that means that you know anyone who joins 
um, you know, can interoperate with the other uh, using um, the IoT passport. Uh, it, it also means that uh, they own their data. Um, so the, so the data, data ownership devices um, are there, but we have the means for um, that to be brokered and exchanged on the platform. Um, yeah. so, so it's a decentralized approach versus uh, a sort of centralized or um, oligopoly type approach where there's a few players. And I, and I think that's, that, that, that seems to be where, where it's going. Um, I can't comment specifically on, you know, on Google, Apple, et cetera, but uh, yeah. I, I think in the, in the Web2 model, it would probably be hard for them to coexist in the way you described. Uh, but in a yes. Web3 model, um, you know, in the sort of model that uh, Digital Asset Broker, uh, our platform is, is, uh, is enabling, uh, then they could coexist because you have the trust of the blockchain and you have a universal standard for device uh, identity and interoperability. Uh, but, it, but it is a good question. And, and, and how this plays out, whether, you, whether you know, we have a Web 2 for the foreseeable future or whether yeah. we go Web 3 is going to be interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I tend to agree. I, I can just see it causing arguments, really, <laughs> but about who does what. So it'd be interesting to see that. You've touched on the digital address broker a couple of times, um, and you've spoke about the transition of certain things uh, as well. So I'm keen to just touch on that a little bit more. Um, so the transition of the Internet of Things and the economy of things that you mentioned, what a blockchain as a whole, what role is that playing in, in that specific transition? Yeah, it's playing a, tr a role of trust. Um, yeah. yeah and, and I think we overcomplicate blockchain because of the use cases. So the first use case was a cryptocurrency, which was uh, Bitcoin. Then we had uh, sort of smart contracts uh, and, and, and to an extent identity with Ethereum. But all of those are basically le leveraging uh, blockchain to provide the trust, right? Which is, which, which, you know, is, 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 uh, is sort of powered uh, using what we call a consensus pro protocol. So you have Im immutability, timestamp, um, and, and uh, a sort of uh, decentralized ledger of records. And, and essentially it allows people to trust each other. So, so in the transition from the uh, internet of things to the economy of things, uh, what we have is uh, a trusted identity in the blockchain because all of the identities are logged in the blockchain um, you know, uh, you, you have the basis for, for trust, for, for, for equality and trust of devices. The, the other thing that it's um, essentially is providing is the ability for transactions. Uh, so a record of transactions to be hashed and written to the blockchain. So essentially you can trust each other because you know that that record is there and can be settled later. Uh, but also the possibility for peer-to-peer -peer transactions. So if you have uh, two organizations that are hosting nodes on a blockchain, uh, then why can't they have peer-to-peer -peer transactions which don't need to go through uh, traditional payment rails, which are cheaper, faster, uh, depending on what blockchain you have. So if, if you go with Ethereum now, it won't be cheaper and faster. But there are uh, many sort of layer two protocols, of, of which DAB is one, uh, where you, you can have uh, you know, very low, uh, low, low cost transactions. And that has always been the challenge we've had in IoT, which is, uh, you know, and, and blockchain, and why, why, why it's taken so long to do this. Right, it's because of scale, because uh, the sheer amount, seven, you just think five, seven years, 70 billion transactions, there's 8 billion people in the world. Um, it's a huge amount of transactions. So, um, you know, if you don't have scale and, and you don't have low costs, then it won't be a goal for IoT. So, that, so that's the key thing um, that I think blockchain is bringing. It's, it's trust and, and capability for peer-to-peer. Yeah, and trust comes up quite a lot in a lot of different things. We we work closely with the IoT Security Foundation, and that's all about 
trusting what you're working with and, uh, and understanding the security of it. Um, you mentioned, I suppose not all of these things are, are, are simple and straightforward. You mentioned scale was one of the challenges. Is, is there any other key challenges you would say within blockchain and, uh, and how are we looking to overcome those? Yes, I mean, I think there are a number of challenges. Number one, the technology is new. So you've got two new forms of technology which are um, trying to, to sort of come together uh, to, to sort of form a, a new innovative solution. Uh, the other one um, I think we hit on with the Google, Microsoft, um, and Apple, uh, which, which is, the, you know, you're trying to introduce a decentralized technology in a world where people generally understand centralized uh, Web2 technologies. And, and that is difficult because it's difficult to, to understand the control point. It's difficult to understand uh, the revenue models, uh, the sort of business models associated with it. So, 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 so it's, you know, and, and essentially you end up sort of merging the two in some, in some sort of way. But, but that, 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 that is definitely one of them. Um, I think the other, the other one is um, uh, so, sort of ch just changing perception. So, so we've chosen um, to, to use a layer one uh, blockchain technology, which is what we call channel-based. Uh, so it doesn't have a proof of work or proof of stake uh, consensus protocol. So proof of work especially involves mining. Um, but you know, with, with a lot of the perceptions from, from, from people that we, 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 we speak to about the platform is, okay, is this bad for the environment? You know, are you going to do a lot of mining? Is there a negative impact? And we've got to explain that. So, so there's also a perception issue also, is it a cryptocurrency platform? Are you doing Bitcoin? Um, so I think that that is something that that you've got to deal with. But I think I, I think it's you know the key ones are scale, uh, and 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 also um, the 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 so because the technology is so new, um, the, the difficulty uh, not having a precedent for uh, you know, established precedents for for implementing it. So so you you've got to you know you've got to really search for talent. Um, to, to to implement it. Yeah, and I think that's it, it, that kind of goes across to a lot of different things. We obviously we speak to a lot of new companies, startup companies. Not all of them succeed, um, and sometimes you can put that down to understanding. I think you pointed out earlier the reason why it's such a big thing for you is because your mum now has a crypto wallet. <laughs> so the reason is a big thing is understanding, um, yeah. and I think understanding can be linked back to a lot of different things, a lot of different technologies. Um, maybe even an essence of afraid being afraid of it fear um so yeah it's, it's a really good point what opportunities are there for blockchain though especially let's say for other new technologies like if we look at things like the metaverse what opportunities are blockchain you've got there for instance yeah so so with, with the metaverse but very very interesting um so so i i was on linkedin posting about this and uh i think there was one so we had jp morgan um, Morgan Stanley uh, and I think another one, um, another company, Motley Fool, who both gave uh, projections about you know the size of the metaverse over the next ten years, and the, and the, the the sort of sizing of the opportunity ranged from uh, 10, ten trillion US dollars to thirty trillion US dollars, um, and I, I found that quite significant. Um, at, at the moment, obviously, yeah. the focus is on. Um, you know, uh, interactive gaming, etc. But uh, when you think about it, you know, one of the main functions of IoT uh, is, is about digital twins. It's about bringing real-world data. Um, and when you look at how essentially you could have a, a sort of a metaverse supply chain, you know, that would need to either um, start with an order in the metaverse and end up with a delivery in the real world, or it starts with uh, you know an order in the real world. 
which start which ends up with a delivery of that supply in in the metaverse, which could be data, which is produced by IoT. So I think I think from from a from that perspective, massive opportunity for the metaverse. Although we've got to determine which one. There's going to be a lot of them. Um, so there's a massive opportunity there. Um, but um, I also think that there's a big opportunity for IoT uh, because I think the business models in the metaverse will require that digital twinning um, and, and, and relate to devices in the real world to provide uh, information and data that feeds into the metaverse. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, the metaverse is one of those things that just keeps coming up, right? It, it, there, there's two buzzwords at the moment in in the world on LinkedIn, especially and it's metaverse or five G. Um, they seem to be the two big buzz. Touching on that, though, so blockchain aside, let's have a little bit of an insight into you, David. What technology excites you the most uh, outside of blockchain? Is there anything in particular you think? Do you know what that could be huge, mm. or something that you're using all day, every day that yeah, it, so, it could evolve more. So, 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 so um, 5G excites me because of the things it can power, including the metaverse, including autonomous level five. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, that's going to you know, really change the world. I mean, a lot of the things we're discussing are not possible without 5G. So it's, it's a foundational technology, um, which is, is going to be critical. Um, but, but some of the things that excite me most are, are things like um, digital identity. Uh, which does uh, okay. link on blockchain, but decentralized digital identity hasn't taken off yet, but it, but it, but, but it will. I think a lot of the major governments and stakeholders are looking into it. But essentially, a decentralized digital identity drives the power of your identity and your credentials, including payment, including your voting, driving, all of these things into the power of the in, into the control of the person, who then gives uh, you know uh, stakeholders or interested parties the right to view those verified credentials. So for example, um, I, I was in uh, Portugal over the weekend and uh, and uh, I went, went in to rent a car. So I did everything online and showed my driver's license, everything online. And then you get there and you do it all again and they type it in there and then they look at it and all the rest of it. But, but in a, a sort of world where you have a, a sort of um, self-sovereign digital identity, I would basically just make my, my verified driver's license, license verified by the DVLA available to anyone who wants to see it, as well as my bank statements, as well as my credit score. And what that actually means uh, when you multiply it forward is a massive change from uh, the current uh, customer experience models and business models we have now, which are trustless, which means everything is checked. You go into the supermarket, you pick it up, somebody checks it. Uh, you know, you go to rent a car, you have a check before you leave and after you leave, you go to travel, you show your passport and boarding things five times to one where it's trusted. And when you get into the world of trust, which the blockchain powers, uh, and you have these verifiable credentials, then you can see yourself walking through border control because you've given them access to your biometrics and your passport. You go into a car, you just drive off, uh, you go into a store, you pick something up, you walk out. And, and that's because your identity is known, you're known, your payment yeah. credentials are known, you can be trusted. And I think that this will revolutionize um, you know, uh, the use and the benefit of these technologies like blockchain, digital identity, AI, biometrics, 5G to ordinary people because, you know, the friction that you currently have in your user journeys, your customer journeys, your everyday life will change to, to a trusted experience. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. I mean, I go in the store now and because I'm sort of a futurist, I'm saying, okay, why am I going to this store? Why am I checking this? Why can't I just, 
you know, but, but this, this technology will power that. So that, that's one that really excites me. Um, the other one is tokenization, right? Uh, I'm really, really excited about NFTs um, because yeah, I think okay. NFTs are, are like, they're bridging this gap of digital ownership. And, um, and when you sort of look at that, you know, being able to own assets in a game and then spend it on uh, another platform or spend it on, on social media, and, and, and the fact that social media are now sort of embracing NFTs, which is one form of, of what we call a, a non-fungible token, uh, is massive. But then you'll start to see NFTs uh, being used for ticketing events. So rather than buying a ticket, you buy an NFT. So you get something that could be sold afterwards. You, you, you'll see them being used for airline tickets. Um, you know, there's a, you're already seeing it for other music. Mm. So, so I'm seeing endless possibilities with NFTs. That really excites me. And then obviously AI. Um, you know, yeah. w w w which is on the back of everything. So yeah, I mean, those, those, those things excite me. And, and, and also, I think now these, these technologies are getting to a stage where they're starting to be used and implemented. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, it, it should be an interesting five years or so. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's huge. And it just sounds like you're just a general person is excited about all technologies, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and I think AI and machine learning are, are two things that are growing quite uh, quite a lot. I mean, we were um, filming podcast yesterday with robotics, so um, I'm quite excited about the whole robotics thing and what that become. Uh, I know there's a lot of skepticism. iRobot, for instance, taking taking over the world, but it, it, I learned a lot more about robotics yesterday in terms of it actually creates more jobs as well uh, as yeah. taking them away. And we, I mean, we seen a robot yesterday playing snakes and ladders. Like, what on earth is happening in this world for, to, for a robot to be building so it's, like, it's crazy um but before we sign off then let's get a little bit more specific um go back to what it is you do the blockchain um i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and ask for a, a recent specific example of how uh, blockchain has been applied to uh, an iot situation um, yeah, yeah. I, I, and actually that's a really good question because i didn't answer your uh, answer your question on use cases so, so i can actually Combine the two now. Um, we'll back. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so digital asset broker has a blockchain core, a decentralized core to it. Um, but, but one of the use cases that uh, we announced was uh, EV charging. So, so if you think about, oh, okay. um, you know, and it's just trying to find a use case that has real relevance. So, so most of these countries, uh, most, most developed countries have, have had these impossible targets of, you know, in the next five years, you know, we, we want, uh, you know, 50% EVs. Uh, you know, stop selling them after 10 years. And, and so, so some really challenging targets, um, you know, for, for environmental reasons to, to switch from fossil fuels to um, uh, ele electronic vehicles. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of attention there. And some of the questions you're being asked is, okay, how, how will you get enough charges? Um, you know, how, how will you, um, what will the forecourt of the future look like? Because they're you know, charging if you don't have the, the sort of high-powered chargers can take hours, uh, the, yeah. high, the, the, the sort of high-powered ones can take 15 minutes, but it's not, you know, put the pump in and, and pump it and you go. Uh, also, um, charging won't be done necessarily at four courts. They may be done at home or in offices or shopping malls. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, you know, how, how do you have the customer experience, right? How, how can you also take advantage of the customer experience? So we, we've applied the digital asset broker uh, to EV charging. Uh, so, so in this case, uh, when we start with the identity, we provide uh, interoperable identity to the car. We provide an interoperable identity to the EV charger. Uh, we provide uh, a, a, a key signing capability, digital signature for the car. We provide one to the EV charger. 
uh, we provide a wallet to both. And essentially, you have the basis there for, com for commerce. So essentially, uh, where the car uh, in this EV charging uh, solution uh, pulls up to a charger, um, you know, it's known, it's trusted. Um, you have one touch because we haven't moved to wireless chargers yet where uh, the nozzle goes in the car. Obviously, the, the, there's an identity check and authentication, uh, you know, and afterwards there's a, a automatic payment. Now, the key thing that we've done here is that we've, the, the payment is coming from the car to the charger, not from a person's um, payment credential to the charger. So we've aimed it at fleet companies um, where essentially yeah. uh, you can you, you can have a, a, a sort of blockchain uh, sort of based uh, uh, fleet card, um, which is which is linked to the car's identity. And, and then essentially you can authenticate using digital identity of the person, multiple drivers and their credentials. So in this case, you'd, you'd yeah. be looking um, for fleet companies to be able to authenticate multiple drivers. So where you have a temporary driver, they can be authenticated using a fee credential, uh, authenticated using a, a fee credential, and also um, uh, have, make sure they've got a, a valid driver's license. Those two things would allow them to use the payment credential in the car. So we sort of flipped it using blockchain for the trust, um, supporting digital identity, uh, smart contract to trigger the payment from the car. And, and, and we're finding that this is, you know, in, in the trial we have in our head office in Newbury, is, is having a sort of seamless, frictionless charging experience. So really exciting but but that is it wouldn't be possible without the blockchain because the blockchain is providing the trust between all of them and the interoperability across devices in this case uh, charges and cars yeah it's really interesting and really relevant obviously being what it is electric vehicles and and the crazy world we live in where we're paying hundreds and hundreds of pounds to to do anything right now is is madness um last question which kind of relates back to the car and it can be as simple as yes or no if you want to go a bit more in depth is uh, driverless taxis yes or no are you a fan? Not a fan? Yes. Does it scare you? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a fan. Um, I'm a fan where you don't mix the two. So, so what, what I'm, we're, the, we're, we're the ones who make it dangerous because we're unpredictable, especially drivers like yeah. me, because I, I don't know what I'm going to do next. <laughs> um, but, but, but I think there is, um, I, I think we're moving uh, from a world of car owners to car users. Um, and, and I think people are increasingly going to buy rides or use of a car when they want it rather than have a car sitting in the driveway 90 percent of the time on use uh, and, and i think we also need to go from shared mobility i mean this is one of the things that inspired me you know, to sort of look for interoperability and, and more efficiency of iot devices i mean you just need to be at home as we were for the past two years with covid and, yeah. and you'll have you know five or six uh, amazon drivers come to uh, come to your door um, or, or whoever you're buying from um but but, but uh, you know, they go back half empty and there's six of them coming at the same time. Why didn't one come? But it's because they yeah. don't interoperate. They don't, they don't interoperate. Yeah. Um, so, so having shared mobility and, uh, and, and sort of autonomous vehicles should bring a lot of efficiency. Uh, and, and I'm really excited about that. But I, I don't think the AI is quite there yet uh, to deal with humans. So as long as we're out of the equation, absolutely uh, excited about it. And of course, 5G is going to be a critical, is a critical enabler of that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I could literally sit here and talk to you all day, but uh, <laughs> it's been it's been really insightful, and I think there's a lot of uh, exciting stuff touched on on this, and and it looks like blockchain is playing a massive part in that. And I well, I, I'll be speaking on behalf of a lot of people watching this. Thank you for everything that you've done in terms of that, because it sounds like a lot of the stuff that you've done or been part of is is going to be have a huge influence on a lot of the things. So, thank you. Um, a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to join. I really enjoyed the conversation. So if you want to find me, 
David, if you look at David Palmer Vodafone or David Palmer Blockchain, uh, I, I should come up there and uh, yeah, happy to to link with interested people and and, and learn from you and and have conversations. Uh, and uh, yeah, of course, yeah, through the Vodafone channel, um, uh, you know, you can reach me as well or reach some of the team. Good, good, good. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. But honestly, David, it's been a real pleasure, and we are excited to have you. Thank you too. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Please make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Obviously, we're really excited about the new season coming up, and who knows, there could be some changes on the horizon. It doesn't matter how you're connected, just be connected. Thank you, and until next time, and until next season, I've been your host, Brad.